This episode of Open Ended is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Cher Vincent. And I'm James C. Green, and this is Open Ended. Where two best friends talk about pop culture and tech with a side of sass. And now we are 700 miles away. I don't know how I feel about this, Cher. I know, it's weird. Um, we're on a Skype call. As of right now, uh, of taping this, it's Saturday afternoon, Saturday early evening. It's about 5.30 here. It's almost 7 o'clock out there, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's different. We are, we had like a Skype video call, and now we're not on the video call anymore, and now it feels weird, because I just feel like I'm talking to like a weird blank space. I don't know who I can, I'm, I can't see you. I hear you. It's like you're, <laughs> it's like you're like this almighty, ominous presence in my life. And I just like, I can hear you, but I can't see you. What is this? I know. It's like I'm God just looking over you. Like, it's almost feels now like as this is episode 80, we're like transitioning into like, this is almost like a diary of our friendship that mm-hmm. of us keeping in touch. This is like our weekly calls. A weekly check-in. I know. It's yeah. like, are you okay? You okay? Yeah, and you, you need good? that. Especially in this um, post-Obama world we're living in right now. Oh my god. Oh my god. We'll get into that a little bit later, yeah. but first, let's talk about some differences out here. Yeah, so like... You've been out in New York now, what, three weeks? Has it been that long? I think so. Like, you left a little before New Year's. You left the 26th, I want to say? It feels so weird. So, first of all, like, the trip out here was surprisingly smooth. Mm -hmm. It was really wild. Like, it was very relaxed. Like, we drove the entire way. We did stop in, like, some, some small town in Ohio. and But, like, going through Pennsylvania was beautiful, Cher. Like, the mountains out there are fantastic. They're, like, super majestic. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt, oh, my God, it was so much fun. And beforehand, though, you helped us pack. I did. I, I helped you move. Yeah, I did that. And I regretted it two days later when I started having, like, back spasms. But it's fine. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It was just, like, because I was totally fine, like, because we went, we packed. Um, I helped you try to track down a way to, like, drop off your modem. Sorry, not your modem, your router for your internet. Yeah. And then we went to Valois, classic um, brunch place of um, breakfast spot of Obama, which we'll talk about later. Right. Oh, um, yeah. But a high park landmark. And um, and then you went on your way. But yeah, we're, we're now all settled in. Um, we're living in the Crown Heights neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York. We have all of our furniture now. Um, we have a desk. We have a bed. We have a, we have a couch. And yeah, it's just been really like New York is such a different beast, yo. How like, so? Like I thought, like seriously, I thought because like living in Chicago, I was like, all right, like I've lived in a big city, I know how to handle all this. No, no, like it's it's so much faster out here. Like yeah, I told you. We, I, yeah, I was telling you this. I was like, like Chicago is gonna sound like a small ass town when you get back to Chicago when you visit. So so this is this is pretty pretty much the uh, the entire entirety of our new york experience in one story so like because we're so used to like the chicago pace as soon as we got into town we were like all right we're gonna go down to target yeah. <laughs> little <laughs> did you know number one <laughs> little did you know <laughs> we're like first right, mistake we got everything we, we we got everything out the car like yo we're just gonna like hop in target let's just like let's do this you know what i mean mm-hmm. so 
we still had the rental car, so that was problem number two, that we drove down to the only Target in Brooklyn, oh my which God. is right in downtown Brooklyn. What dummies. The day after Christmas. Dummies. And I, yo. Dummies. Care. We go in there, and I shit you not, like, we both had panic attacks. Yeah, because it's probably like the day after tomorrow in there. It was like someone, like, it was like looting without actually looting. Right. And, like, yo, like, I shit you not, like, going inside of Target in New York, right after the holiday, feels like being on like a tarmac, it, uh, like on an airplane chair. Like everyone's just moving, everyone's got nowhere to go. I'm like in a brand new store. I have no idea where things are. <laughs> I had I had the biggest headache in the world. Aww, James. I was like I was I was so annoyed, yo. I and I and it, it was so much like dead ass. I was like, can I cannot, I cannot. Um. So then. Like, after all that, we had to, like, go to some other places because I was just like, yo, we have to do all this. We have to do all this. And I was just like, I have to get used now to only doing one errand a day because that whole errand is going to wipe out my entire, like, (laughs) energy, you know? Yeah, but also just, like, time. Right. Things take so long. Like, for me, the biggest transition when I lived out there was grocery shopping. Because there's only, like, a few large grocery stores out there. And then you have, like, you know, a million bodegas. But um, the grocery store situation is very intense because, like, the actual shopping experience will take maybe 20 minutes. But you're in line mm-hmm. for another 20 minutes. Right, right. So, like, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a very intense situation. And, you know, you're literally fighting over the last onion. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> Why Why don't they have enough produce? Why is everybody so upset and angry and, like, frustrated? And, you know, you, people are yelling at each other and running over. And, like, carts, it's like it's like bumper cars. So they don't give a fuck. They're like, excuse me, you're, not, you're in my way. There, there has been like hella positives out here though. Oh, I'm sure. Like, yo, like it's it's you can literally run into every type of person wherever you're going, and it just feels so good to like hear and see so many people that look like me, fam. Like, it's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean? wild, like, isn't it? Though, like, so many shows that are like set in New York, you don't see any black people. Yeah. But as soon as you're in New York, all you see are black people. Yeah. It's all you yeah. fucking see in and, Brooklyn is black people. It's fucked and, up. And, it, and it's wild because, like, I'm out here and then, like, a lot of folk think that, like, I'm, like I've gotten, like, Cuban. I've gotten uh, Trini. Oh, like, yeah. I'm like, sure you guys have got, like, uh, you're from the, the islands. Yeah, no, like, all every single time. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, where are you from? And I'm like, DR. Chicago area. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, Joliet. right. Well, so many people from the islands are from there because it's a straight straight yeah. shot up to New York. Yeah, but it, but it's been cool because, like, everyone has just been, like, really kind to us and, like, given us recommendations of places to go. We found, like, our favorite cafe slash brunch spot, which is Black Own. It's called, nice. like, Brooklyn Coffee House or something. Oh, um, cute. It's on it's on Nostrand by like Saint Mark's Place, I think. But it's really really tasty, and uh, like I've really been enjoying my time out here. But I'm like realizing that I need to take a lot more time to relax, share, like 
I, 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 I've been really liking sleep. I've been loving sleep. I've been eating so much pizza, yo. <laughs> oh no, been, James! What? No, I'm <laughs> saying like you gotta, you gotta lighten up. You can't eat too much pizza. You're gonna get sick. Yo, but but I walk so much. Like my my Apple Watch has said, I've had I've had a 14 day move streak because I've walked so much. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're gonna move. You're gonna constantly walk in New York. That's all. It's because it's just much easier to walk in New York. Yeah, like I shit you not, I I lost 20 pounds in the three weeks that I've lived out here because I've been walking so much. Really? So yeah, no, I I shit you not. So it's just been like. It's it's been an it's been an adjustment, um, but I like it out here a lot. Yeah, I remember losing like about fifteen pounds in the first month I lived out there. It was great. <laughs> it was great. I was I was like in my healthiest in New York. I think like I was also like like it was random. It was weird. Like I was my healthiest when I lived there, but also like physically, but like psychologically, I was not doing great. But um, but physically, I was doing fantastic. Like I was just killing it. It's killing it. It's walking all the way everywhere. It was awesome. So one thing that I did notice while being like so homesick is seeing that you were trying to get some tickets for Obama's speech. Yeah, tried and failed. Yo, okay, so what like what happened? Oh my god, what didn't happen? So, um oof. So I haven't physically seen Obama in person since 2005. Um, up until then, I was seeing Obama a lot. Like physically, I saw him all the time. I lived really close to him. He was always he was always at my high school for something because he was a community leader out there, and he was also running for um, U.S. senator. He was a state senator for a while, but he was also a, he was running for U.S. senator in 2003 and 2004. So he was always around my neighborhood, always in High Park, always doing something at my high school at Kenwood Academy. Um, I performed for them half a dozen times. I was always seeing him around. So um, the fact that I haven't seen him in like over a decade has been kind of weird. So I was like, oh man, this is my last chance to actually see him as president because the last time I saw him when he was uh, as president was in 08 at the Grant Park Um Oh, acceptance speech when he won. So it's been a long time, and I just knew I had to be there. I had to have like a nice bookend to seeing him, you know, kind of like make his way to the presidency, see him win, and then you know this eight long, this eight year long gap of not actually seeing this guy in person. So um, when they announced they're going to like make the tickets available for free to the public, I was like, okay, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Apparently that was everybody else's idea. Everybody in Chicago. <laughs> everybody in Chicago. <laughs> was there. Oh my God. No, I'm not even joking. So ticket giveaway was supposed to start at 6 a.m. And uh, well, rather, the ticket giveaway was going to be at 8 a.m. on Saturday, last Saturday. And people could start waiting out outside at 6 a.m. People did not do that. People started coming in at 3, 4 a.m. and then just waiting around. Now, mind you, it's January in Chicago, so it was about 2 degrees outside the entire time. I think it got all the way up to 4 that morning. And I took an Uber from my house. It was about 15 minutes away. And um, my Uber driver was really sweet. He, like, let me stay in the car the entire time trying to because we were driving around McCormick Place trying to figure out where to start lining up because there was no real distinct signage. There, yeah, there was no signage. 
there's no like arrows so I need to go anywhere. I hardly oh, so saw any security. Like, prepared at all? No, it, it didn't seem like it. There was only a couple of security guards in the lower deck of McCormick Place basically telling people you need to go the other direction. But that was it. There was no signage. <laughs> yeah, there was no signage. Just randomly you. pointing somewhere, just like, go this way. Pretty much. They were like, go to gate A. I was like, there's like four gate A's. Which one? <laughs> God. Yeah. No, I so saw like, there on was... Snapchat and I was just like, why are they all these lines? This yeah, exactly. So there was so long. There was like, there was maybe 20 lines because there was no distinct signage saying this is where you start. Because there were so many people who were lining up before 6 a.m., who they were, they couldn't even sing in their cars any longer, that they just let people into the lobby of the Hyatt Regency that's there, the hotel. But then people were waiting outside from there and then wrapped around behind the hotel and then around again and then just down the street. And it went from, like, like the Hyatt Regency is like 2200th, 20, uh, 2200 south. Mm-hmm. It went at least up to... Um, 18th and Calumet, which is about seven blocks away. Okay. At least. So, yeah, there was about, I don't know, I think there might have been about 4,000 tickets given away. There was at least 50,000 people. At God. least. At least. And that was people outside. There's also people inside, too. And I heard later on there were people who were, like, in another part of the building. And there was a walkway um that is joining that joins the two buildings and there are people on the runway like mm-hmm. like i saw the pictures of it it looked like a fire hazard yeah so it was just like a lot of people all at once standing around there was no like actual direction i only saw one other security person and it was around nine o'clock when they said there are no more tickets so like <laughs> for the because i had gone there about five thirty, and i lined up almost at six at that point i was outside behind the hotel and there was a wraparound line where like it had like gone to the point where like it had wrapped around and then up again in this back alley so i was kind of in a good spot because there was no there was no wind where it was so i didn't have to like worry about that but i was still outside so i was outside for three and a half hours in two degree weather oh god yeah um (laughs) at this point i was with um, one of my best friends friend of the show oksana um and to keep us sane, we started quoting Titanic um, uh, quotes at each other. Why? I don't know. It's inappropriate. You know, like, I can't feel my body. <laughs> I can't. I can't with y'all. Um, It'll be over soon. Bring back yeah. the boats. Like, all of it seemed, like, relevant and apparent. And, like, you get delirious when you're, like, out in that cold and there's no real place for you to go. But... Sure. Um, it was interesting. It, it was interesting to see the different types of ways people get warm. People were oh. dancing around. People have blankets. Um, there was vents that were exhausting hot air into the street, and there were people covering it like pigeons. So, like, <laughs> it was very fascinating just seeing the way people reacted to this extreme cold, but also kind of just like banding together because, like. We were all here for one purpose, trying to see Obama. And it also just reminded me, like, how's, as how shitty um, this country has been to each other in the last two months with the fallout of the election. There were still people who, like, believed in whatever message that Obama was giving. This this idea of hope, this idea of change, it still was alive and true in um, these people, not just in Chicago, but people from the surrounding areas, too. Because I know people were flying in to try to get tickets. So... 
Um, it was just really nice to see and gave me, you know, some kind of optimism because it's been lacking of that so much in the last few weeks. And, you know, despite being very cold, despite not getting tickets, I still like felt accomplished in a way because I tried, but I also got to see that, witness that, and the energy of that was like, alive and well. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Honestly, like I had a good time. Like I don't, I'm not, I was a little salty just because of all the people who like broke the rules and started lining up so early. And I was like kind of like ranting about like <laughs> the idea that there was no signage. Like, I mean, in hindsight, I was kind of salty. I was like, this is why we lost the election because Democrats were in formation on time and there was no place for us to go and blah, 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 blah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I got kind of, I got kind of angry. No, um, <laughs> but, um, but like in hindsight, I'm glad that I did it, even though I didn't, get the ticket um it was fun i had enjoyed myself and it's a great story to tell and um afterwards we went to valois which is um obama's spot the same place we went to with you when you had moved away um, before you moved away rather and um had obama's breakfast specials and it was great and um yeah we watched barry on netflix <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it was like a nice like day and um leading up to his actual speech on Tuesday night, it was um, a nice kind of like a, a nice punctuation. What did you think of it? Oh, man. Um, because I'm going to he- be honest, I um, I was watching it on my mm-hmm. iPad in bed and I fell asleep. Not because the speech was boring. Because we were in was bed. Because I had a long ass day at work and I was so tired. So what did you think of the speech? I really liked it. Um, it reminded me a lot of his 08 speech in the way that, like, he was kind of just rallying us together. And he made a lot of really important po- points of, you know, the country at this time is very divided, you know, mm-hmm. and just not looking to him even or our political leaders as leaders necessarily looking at our government as people who can affect change we can affect change you know normal citizens that we are the reason why he was voted in and we are the reason why you know government continues you know so um it was it was bittersweet just because you know he it was his last speech as president but um it was great to see it was great to see him look back on his accomplishments and he has a lot of accomplishments. And I feel like people like, like for instance, people forgot that he like killed Osama Bin Like that's the thing that happened. <laughs> yeah. People like forgot that like, yeah, that happened like five years ago, but it happened. Like right, it's right. a thing that is on his record that he, on his watch, Osama Bin was captured and murdered. So like, you know, it's, Things like that and just hearing him talk about all the things that he got done. And while, you know, currently one of his biggest hallmark um, legislative acts is being stripped away, um, ACA, ACA, um, it's still nice to know that, like, he, his legacy won't be completely tarnished. I'm hoping, I don't know. It's just like when, when you know, on election night, that was the thing that hurt me the most. It's not so much about Hillary losing, but about Obama and his legacy being tarnished. And I'm hopeful that people who are, 
you know, millennials especially will remember that, remember his legacy and try to keep it as alive as possible because like the older generation, you know, our baby boomers, they're dying off and hopefully their, their mentality, their prejudices will die off with them. So it's, 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 I, I was trying to, it, it reminded me, well, it gave me some optimism, uh, like, it, like, um, the being in line and seeing all those people sitting in line gave me optimism that, um, we aren't completely and totally fucked. Mm. If that makes sense. No, it makes it, so much sense. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was nice. I enjoyed it. I cried as soon as I saw him on screen though. Like as soon as he <laughs> walked on screen, I burst oh. into tears. Um, I was here at the office watching him with some friends and I couldn't help myself. I cried the entire, entire speech. Just like, the, like it was just me being very emotional about seeing his face and knowing that like, this is the last time he's going to be the leader of the free world, uh, giving a speech as the leader of the free world. And the next time he'll give any kind of speech, he's going to be a citizen. And he might he still has, you know, quote unquote power, but not the kind of power he holds currently. Right. And it was it was beautiful to see that one last time. But um, it was hard, too, because... I don't know a lot of things that I hold dear is going to die with him, uh, not die with him, but like die with his, his uh, the ending of his um, presidency. So I don't yeah. know. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I felt good. I also felt kind of like overwhelmed just because um, I knew if I was actually at the speech, I probably would have passed out or been annoyed just because I know how I am with big crowds and I probably haven't been able to see anything. I heard that like the sound quality was not that great um, because McCormick Place is such a big auditorium, or not auditorium, but a huge space. The sound quality wasn't as great. So I don't know. I probably would have been like upset and annoyed <laughs> the entire time. So. <laughs> Cause I know how I am like, Ugh, I can't hear anything and people need to shut up or put your phones down. Like I've been like very annoyed. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's probably for the best that I wasn't there, but I'm glad yeah. that I actually got to see the speech and hear it and uh, witness um, one of the generation um, presidents. Um, but yeah, um, also fun fact, Bill Nye was in the audience. That was fun to see that. Wow. I, lo- I know, wow. Bill Nye. Like, I love, I love Bill Nye. <laughs> and... Um, him and Joe Biden's relationship, just oh my god, just so many goals, so many goals. Oh god, yeah. I know it's so sweet, but what about you, James? What did you like? Of what you saw, how did you feel about it? Um, I saw like a couple minutes of it, and I was having this feeling of like, wow, I can't believe I've had eight years of just like always seeing and hearing a family that I'm you like it's something that I've gotten so used to yeah know? I know like it was like we didn't like I I had that feeling too about like how we didn't deserve him <laughs> like we right, had we took right. it for granted we took this guy for yeah. granted and it's like this feeling of like wait this is this is gonna be gone yeah you know and it kind of blows my mind it's it's like it's it's it hits hitting me yeah um and there were some points when i even though i was like maybe also because i was partially delirious and tired but i was almost like getting teared up of just being like holy crap like this beautiful first family is no longer going to be in the office and 
there's a very well possibility that a lot of the things that helped me stay afloat when I was self-employed, like the Affordable Care Act, have the possibility to be gone. And and at the same time, I was getting like fired up of like, you know, like as a journalist, like my it's time to step it up even harder, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like this mix of like, oh, yeah, I'm getting like fired up and like being like, yo, like regardless, like I'm going to keep fighting. But then it was like this mixture of like, holy crap, like the Obamas are not going to be the first family anymore. Yeah. It was like a lot of weird feelings that I was For like, sure. It was a lot of conflicting issues, conflicting emotions. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, to be honest, like, I'm still processing it all, but... Oh, yeah, like, it was... Because we're still living in it, and it like... like it's yeah. Just, we're still living in it, and um, it's kind of hard to be, like, self-reflective in that way, because, you know, like you said, you're still processing it. Um, yeah, it's still very much the present. For sure. Um, yeah, because yeah, um, you just reminded me of, like, how I was feeling, too. Um, I was saddened. I was so happy to see him, though. That's the thing, too. It's like... Oh, yeah. Because he's such a, like, you know, even after eight years, like, whenever he's on my screen, there's, like, this weird, like, fluttering I get on my stomach. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Whenever I see a gif of him, whenever I see an image of him, whenever, like, I'll see a vine of him. Yeah. Like, it, it's that feeling. Yeah. It's and that feeling. Yeah. And knowing that feeling might go away. Not even going, might go away. It's going away. Like, I won't see him as my commander in chief. He won't be our president he won't be the rep- the representative of our nation any longer in that right. way makes me so 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 sad mm-hmm. and yeah. um yeah so um i mean it was yeah there'll be like one last time where we can say you know what jeezy said my president is black yes my lambo blue <laughs> <laughs> or ta-nehisi coates in the atlantic article he wrote mm. Yeah. But um yeah, so um it was really really good and um I was going to bring this up later on, but you know, I think to now, now it's a good time. Um the most recent episode of Blackish. Do you watch Blackish? I've been meaning to watch Blackish. I I haven't. I I've been off and on about it. Okay. Well, this most recent episode's called Lemons and it's kind of their post-election episode. And how, like, they had um, the entire structure of the episode is Andre, who's played by um, Anthony Anderson. His office has this project, and um, the deadline for the pitch is, you know, you know, January, whatever the episode aired. But they're like, how did that, you know, how did we get so, you know, behind? Because nothing has happened on the pitch. And they realize, like, when did we get this pitch started? Or get a, rather, when we get approved for the pitch, and it was November eighth, and so like they're like, oh wait, yeah, we got this, you know. They do like a lot of flash forwards. They do like a whole like flash forward and then flash. Sorry, not flash forward, flashback, flashback of like November eighth, and <laughs> how it was going to be like, oh yeah, you know, it's going to be a quiet night, you know, Democrats are going to win, it's be great, whatever. And then November 9th <laughs> happened, and like no one can concentrate on the work, no one can do anything, and so like they like continue on to the present and how like every be every time they try to like get into the project they can't because they're still like up in arms about the trump 
um, win. And right. so it's really right. fascinating to see that in how everybody reacted. And then they kind of had like during the present day, they had like a roundtable discussion of like how Trump won. One of the people in the room actually voted for Trump. Um, and um, Anthony Anderson's character, Andre, had a really moving and beautiful speech about how, you know, he was kind of just trying to focus on the project and nobody else was really focusing. And so his boss, who's like this, you know, Republican, but didn't vote for Trump, was like, do you not care what happened? Like, you act like you don't give a shit. And Anthony gave like this moving speech about how, like, I love America, even though America doesn't love me. And talks about like how like I you know the fact that Obama won was in such a you know incredible moment for us, but like you know November ninth was you know the closest that everybody else in the world kind of felt like how a black person feels, how like you know you have all this optimism, you know even though the world tells you otherwise, yet you continue going on, and so you're always you're always looking for the dis- you always know the disappointment's going to come, but like you keep on striving further. And so, like, I keep on fighting for America. I will love America to the day I will die. But even even so, America doesn't necessarily love me back. So it was a very beautiful, beautiful episode. Highly recommend everybody to watch it. But um, seeing the speech resonated with me a lot. Those emotions that Anthony was saying, like, yeah, you know, I had been saying for a while that I knew that Trump was going to win as much as I didn't want to believe it. You know, it happened. But... Um, Regardless, it's good to have those moments when you see Obama and know that, like, no matter what he may represent or may not represent after, you know, next Friday, that feeling still remains. Right. Yeah, it's it's almost like this feeling of just, like, being in this relationship of, of like, a very, like, like, being like disenfranchised in America is, like, a very one-sided relationship. Of, like, feeling like you have to serve this country that doesn't really care yeah. <laughs> about you. You know what I mean? Like, For sure. Um, and then also, like, that his speech also reminded me of this really beautiful episode of This American Life. It came out years and years ago. But um, Sarah Vall, she um, wrote this book about the um trail of crying and the trail the trail of tears mm-hmm. which is of course you know the trail of tears with um native americans and when they were slaughtered and um mm-hmm. and she was saying like how she had like she was when she, her, when she was like in i think elementary school her parents took her on that trail because she's part native american and um she felt this like when she was like you know kid she had this really horrible conflicting you know feeling about america and she's like she kind of like um analogized it to um like a battered boyfriend how like you know you see this guy and you you know and you know he keeps on beating you up but man he sure can dance so like yeah it's a very conflicting relationship america's always been that way i feel like for people of color more than anything so um but hopefully, like, this election and the fallout and this new administration will bring us together in hopefully different ways. I, like, I'm, I'm really optimistic. I, like, we're trying – I want to get people together because the opposite is not an option anymore. We have to rally. I don't know. Yeah. But um, anyway, that speech gave me a lot of emotions, as, yeah, as you probably tell.
Hey, Cher. Hey. Do you know what time it is? It is open call time. It's open call time. <laughs> open call. It is open call time. Uh, so open call. Open call is where we give a shout out to what it is that we're feeling this week. It can be a concept. It can be an idea. It's honestly whatever the fuck we want. So, Cher, what are you feeling this week? Um, I've got two things I'm feeling this week. Um, number one is this recent episode of Love and Radio with friend of the show, Sarah Geis. Sarah. Sarah. Um, she interviews this hypnotist who um, worked with uh, this... Um, I don't even want to describe it too much, but she interviews a hypnotist who worked with somebody in Baghdad right before and a little after 9-11. And he was def- and he was in close relations to um, Hussein. It's so good. And she's great in it. She, she asks a lot of really um, brilliant questions and the conversation just goes into a lot of different directions. But um, yeah, it was very, very... Um, interesting to listen to um i'm always fascinated with hypnotism in general mm-hmm. and just that idea of just that kind of like form of holistic medication to a certain degree so um yeah very interesting and then my second shout out is something that i'm doing outside of this office that oh man um <laughs> could you I say you like broke broke the internet and broke slack I think I think I I might have broken Slack at least the very least. Um, So I started a Slack group um, a few days before New Year's. It was like the last thing I did in 2016. Um, I was um, was kind of like, you know, just a complaint on Twitter because, you know, classic me. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was trying to I was, was trying to do is I was trying to get all the books that I wanted to read for 2017 because I had realized in 2016, I only read about 10 books and on all, all those 10 books, I think one, one of those books written by a person of color, which I felt horrible about. Um, mm-hmm. I used to read a book a week, was really adamant about it. And then um, over the past maybe two or three years, it's gotten worse and worse. And last year, I read only like 10 books. Like it was awful. Like I felt really bad about my lack of reading, especially the lack of um, people of color, authors that i was reading so i wanted to change that i made a point about it and then i was trying to go through reading lists of like bookmarked reading lists that i made online and the one that had almost all the books that i was planning on reading anyway was another round book list they had made up for an episode they did back in november and i was just you know being silly online i said oh man i wish there was a book club for this book list specifically even if it's just me i would love it and um another round producers retweeted it and c- called out let's make this happen babies and then my mentions started going berserk <laughs> <laughs> like within an hour I had like 20 um at me i'm like oh shit i should have said don't at me it's fine <laughs> this is fine and so I was trying to find a way how we can make this happen and thought, you know, can we do this on Twitter? No, that's going to be terrible. And then I thought about Slack, but then I realized, oh, how am I going to make this work? I don't know anybody's emails. I don't want to ask them on Twitter and I don't want a bunch of DMs. So how am I going to do this? So I asked um, friend of the show, Savannah, uh, Savannah Million, to um, help me with this. Like, how do I get this to work? How can I make this happen? She was like, oh, you use a Google form. So um, I 
set up a Google form and um, sent a link out. I was like, all right, if you want to be part of this, like, you know, I'm making a Slack group for this unofficial another round book club, you know, fill out this form, which is like essentially two questions, your name and your email address, and I'll put you in the Slack. And within two weeks, we got 500 members. So, um, yeah, I might have fucked up. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's, it's really exciting. Um, I'm happy that people are reading. We are, we voted for a book. Um, it's, uh, currently reading Swing Time by Zadie Smith, which is really, really good. I'm halfway through. So excited to finish it. Um, and people are, you know, discussing the book a little bit. Um, we're going to start actually having a little discussion soon, about a week or so. So I'm excited for that. As of, as of the episode, as we're airing it, right, as we're recording right now, in about a week, we're going to start discussing the book in depth, which I'm excited about. And going to do another voting, voting round for February. And yeah, we also have like links. We have channels for people who don't necessarily can afford a book currently because, you know, Books are actually free at the library, so um, have links for that. We're gonna try to organize a book swap for other people who, you know, necessarily can't get books at the library because of waiting lists, and just trying to make sure that like there is no, um, that there's it's it's all inclusive, that there's no barrier because of finances, um, and also we're gonna try to make it so that people who live outside of the United States can also be involved trying to get like Slack bots created so people can um, have constant conversations because I don't want anyone to feel like, you know, just because they don't live in this time zone, they won't be able to be part of the conversation. So just trying to make sure everybody is included in um, the group. So it's coming together. Um, My website's going to come soon too. have another friend who's working on that. So yeah, it's good. Um, I will follow up probably on twitter about one of the websites live but essentially just be like a place where you can enter your email address and automatically be invited to the group so mm. yeah that's the thing i'm doing with my other very little spare time that i have because i am so terribly extra <laughs> <laughs> like I, I i i mean i don't know i don't have time <laughs> to do half the things i do but i find a way to do it i guess I don't know. I I do not like free time, clearly. So Nope. Nope. Free time is for chumps. Chumps, you know, you can't you know, you can't have free time. What's that what does that mean? <laughs> so bad. But anyway. How about you, James? What's your open call this week? So I'm giving a shout out to Raul Peck. Raul Peck is the director of this new documentary coming out called I Am Not Your Negro. Um it's all based on James Baldwin's uh, unfinished book, Remember This House. Um, and it's super dope because it's being narrated by Samuel Jackson. And the reason why I'm giving him a shout out is because, like, um, from people who've been listening to the show, they know that I'm a producer at MTV News now. So I had the chance to go out and meet him along with Doreen St. Felix uh, because we're doing a story on him. So we did this interview. We went into Magnolia Pictures and we just had a like a nice long conversation with Raul. And I'm giving him particularly a shout out this week because like Raul is such an interesting dude. Like like he has such an interesting backstory being 
in presence with him is just magnetizing. Um, he's Haitian. So it was like really cool to see him and Doreen vibe with each other. Uh, like there was a point where we just got to talking and I literally felt like I was talking with a family member mm. and he was like giving us advice and like him as a person is just so magnetizing and I just really feel like glad that because of the story I've gotten to like learn more about him through research so I'm giving him a shout out and I'm giving his new film I Am Not Your Negro a shout out like check it out in a couple weeks that's awesome Open End is produced by me, James T. Green, and edited by Cher Vincent. You can donate at patreon.com slash openended to become a member starting at $1 a month, or you can donate at one time at openended.fm slash donate. And if you don't have any money to donate, that's okay. You can leave a review. That costs no money at all, just two minutes of your time. You can go to iTunes and leave a five-star review and just write, you know, you did a great job or I love this show or whatever you feel in your heart in that moment about our show. Leave a review on iTunes. You can find Open Ended on Twitter at Open Ended FM or you can follow our own personal Twitters. I'm at underscore James T. Green. And I'm at Share Museums. This has been a production of Post Loudness, a collection of independent audio shows hosted by people of color, women, and queer identified hosts, and the CPC, the Chicago Podcast Co-op. And until next time, keep things open-ended. <laughs>